Listener Production. This podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past, present. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Very, very exciting. We're here with the amazing, talented, gorgeous G-Flip. Oh, that's a nice little intro. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. It's so good to see you in person. Oh, thanks. We hadn't met in person until the Logies. Till the... Which was a couple nights which ago. A couple nights ago, which is fucking bizarre. This is coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, oh, your album will be out in theory. Congratulations. On yes. Album. Oh, my God. Well done. Topping all the charts. Thank Henry. you. Yeah, topping all the charts. All the charts. Globally. Et cetera. It's such a surprise. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> that we hadn't met, but it's, I have a weird story about you, and you obviously know this, but I don't know if Oscar and Lemmy know this, but I've actually spent a full day with G's parents. Four of them. All oh. four of them. <laughs> yes. Wow. They're big fans of you. Yeah. I mean, they I'm speak a, about you often. I love that. Your mum DMs me <laughs> randomly. And yeah. Thank you. So years ago, um, G was performing at Base in the Grass in Darwin. Yep. And I hadn't really known your music. I, I like knew like peripheral, you know, when you like hear a song, mm. you're like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. And I saw you perform during the day. I was losing my mind. I felt like I was having like an out of body experience. So I was like, <laughs> this person yeah. is fucked. And then, <laughs> in a good way. No, in like a really good way. Love. Like, that was know, a really hot day. It was like, yeah, Darwin, it was dry season. It was, yeah, it was. <laughs> I remember getting off stage that day and feeling a little bit pass outy. Yeah, because well, you were you were drumming as yeah. you do. Um, I was just standing and almost fainting. I was going, "Wow, this is out of body experience." And then somehow the next day, like some friends that I knew in Darwin had met your dad yes. in the audience because he had people on his shoulders, or no, he my was dad on, was on some was people's, on shoulders. people's shoulders. Oh, yeah. what a yeah. legend! Yeah. yeah, icon. And then we all went and had like a picnic. We went out for the day. Uh, you guys went to a lake. You guys went on an adventure, we, went four-wheel driving or something. We had a full-blown, like a fucking <laughs> full day because oh your God. parents are divorced, but they, they're friends with their new partners. Yeah, parents divorce, they have new partners, but we all hang out still and they all come and follow me around Australia so and we still have birthdays and parties together and they all just come together as a little group of four. I try and make jokes that they're all fucking, but no. <laughs> no, but, but it's a good joke. And also, yeah. who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Also, they were very happy to be into this company. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the most bizarre. And I didn't meet you until a couple of days ago. And it's been the weirdest thing because yeah. I know, I feel like we're like family friends. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, geez, mum. Yeah. I know. And she DMs me going like, beautiful. Like, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa gets around you. Lisa fucking loves it. But I've I've loved your music since then. I then became obsessed with you and I and about you and I was just in love with you. Oh, thanks. And man. I think you're one of Australia's most talented musicians. Oh. I agree. Genuinely. That's nice, <laughs> But you are fucking you are fucking incredible and I feel like you've obviously had a lot of success over the years, but I feel like now it's it makes a lot of Australians and a lot of queer Australians very excited that you're getting the recognition that we believe you mm. deserve now. Mm-hmm. So... I guess I, I think it's interesting that you've now become kind of like a, a, a well, definitely a queer icon. Oh, when do you, really? did you ever? Yeah, babe. Yes, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you were always an amazing musician mm-hmm. and you were always seen as an amazing, as G-Flip, you know, amazing. But then when you came out as on Binary and then when you've been in such a public queer relationship, I mean, everyone always knew you were queer. I think now you've become a real icon in the community. Oh. Have you felt that shift or...? No. Um, not really. Really? No. That's I fucked. think you're the first one that's told me that. <laughs> Maybe because everyone else is straight that interviews you and they get <laughs> too scared to be like, so you're queer. I'm really? like an icon. Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of like my DMs when I posted saying that I was going to interview you last time and this time are like people yeah. being like, I would fuck it as a, like, as a queer, I would fucking faint if, I, if you met you. And I'm like, yeah, like slay G-flip. But like people are like, you have changed their lives kind of thing. Or people are saying, I'm like, I'm crying mm. thinking about, people are like completely mm. inspired and obsessed with you as a person, I guess mm. maybe that's what it is now, as well as you being an amazing musician. Yeah. I guess maybe I felt, I just did like a little 
promotion tour of the album and went and did meet and greets everywhere mm. and like meeting people face to face because I'm I'm pretty like I get on my DMs and I message people a lot and I try to message at least 200 people a day back. And okay. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. I try message nearly everyone that messages me. Oh it's getting God. harder now, but yeah. That is Oh my god! I used to try and do that, and then I gave up at like ten thousand followers. I was like, I was like, I, I was like, this is way too much admin. Are you, no. what, and you, what, do you have conversations with them, or just like, just like a cheeky reply, or sometimes they ask for a birthday message or something, and I try yeah. to do like a voice memo. Um, obviously, if I'm busy or just woke up, I can't. But I do like keep in touch with a lot of people, and then meeting some of the people I've talked to for so many years. But I think you know, coming out non-binary, I met so many non-binary like children and, mm. you know, older people that had now come out non-binary and that mm. was really emotional and I cried at least eight times a day by, like, really right. emotional stories. So you get 200 messages and you're eight times a day crying. You're yeah. like, tick, 200 <laughs> messages. Yeah. I'm going to cry four, better get this sped yeah. up. You're like, it's <laughs> Yeah, I cry a lot though, yeah. especially when I meet people that say shit like that, like I've changed their life. That, yeah, I mean, it's That makes me really emotional and I get teary. What about it? I think, you know, a big part for me is being the representation I never had as a kid and growing mm -hmm. up I was just this queer little non-binary soul. Didn't know what non-binary was when I was a kid. Yeah. But I'd look up and watch music videos and I wanted to be in the music industry or drum or sing or do whatever and no one looked like me or was mm. gay and I never had any representation. And then I think a big part of my whole project's always been... I think of myself like with my little cross legs, like watching rage and mm. video hits on a Saturday morning <laughs> before netball. Yeah. And then think of like, oh, like if I saw myself when I was that little cross leg kid watching, it would have changed my whole life. Yeah. Let's right. talk about your journey through queerness. Okay. Yes. Yeah, hit it. So let's fucking hit it. <laughs> so <laughs> you came out as on binary when? A couple of years ago. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it was a couple of years ago. No, it was during COVID. During COVID. All right. Yeah. Within the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> We've got that down pat. Mm. Do you still identify as a lesbian? As yes. A, okay, yeah. Same mm. with my best friend, Kath Ebbs, who... We've, I've been hanging out with. <laughs> yeah, we thought of a great game. Did no, she tell you about the game we thought of? About the childhood friend... No, no, oh, we, no. Have, we have a new game that me and Kath are going to dress up really femme and see how many boys we can straddle and you judge it. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what are we doing? We're, me and Kath Am I gonna, involved? Yeah, you're judging. Okay, so okay. you, me and Kath dress really femme. Mm -hmm. Can I dress you both up? Yeah. Okay, then, great. And then we've got to see how many boys we can straddle. We don't kiss them. We just straddle <laughs> and, te and tease them. Make them want to kiss yeah. you? Yeah, make them want to kiss you. Why is it struggling? I don't know. Me, <laughs> me and Kath are just laughing. <laughs> and then we were like, yeah, we could do this. It'd be so fun. We just like see how many boys we can straddle. What the fuck was I don't know. It was a good co conversation. I'm excited for but it. We knew we said Abby would love this. I would yeah, love it. We'd we have to go to a straight bar to do it. I, I don't know. think we would. I don't know if we can I haven't been in one of those for a long time. Yeah. I don't think I want to straddle the boys. <laughs> but I will for the game. Kath will for the game as well. Okay, okay. I'm actually, we need to work on this. And if we do do it, we need to record it so we've got totally. some limbs like, I mean, fuck. It. A limb can come as well. Yeah, I can come. Wow. Okay, so obviously <clears throat> uh, you've been, you've known you were a lesbian since what age? Forever. Very young. Very young. Very young. I remember in kinder having the biggest crush on the help teacher. Oh. And like always wanting to follow the help teacher around and sit in her lap and like was just obsessed and then like always had crushes on mm -hmm. like girls and friends in primary school and then like my sister would bring her older friends over for like hang time and I thought they were cute and hot and mm -hmm. stuff and always just had and always kind of wanted to, you know, you play house. Like I always yeah. wanted to be the daddy yeah. Dad, hell yeah. It's a top I, move. I always like, I don't know, in my head I actually thought, and this comes into my gender dysphoria, like yeah. I always thought I kind of was a boy and also mm. my hair didn't grow till really? like I was in That's year. That's a boost in it, Dar. What's yeah. happening? <laughs> my hair didn't grow till like grade one. I always really? had short hair because mum was like, I don't know why the, the back's growing but the top isn't and oh. I had like a little mullet. Oh um so I always just felt like a boy. I wore the boys' uniform. I always mm. felt like my gender didn't really like, like I just felt, mm. honestly, I just felt really non-binary, but I didn't mm -hmm. know that was a thing and wasn't educated on it. Yeah. But yeah, always felt 
quite queer, but obviously I wasn't comfortable voicing that Mm -hmm. because of the spaces that I was in. I went to a Catholic primary school, Catholic high school. Catholic high school as well. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) It was just hard for me to say anything about it because I felt like I was going to get ostracized or you'd point at the person that had two mums and you'd whisper about it. And Mm -hmm. in year seven, a girl came out gay in year 12 and like everyone would point at her and whisper about her. So they want to fuck everyone. I think all the girls at the school, you want to fuck all your friends. Like go down on everyone in the class. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) At Um, the formal post being like, like, I'm not going to do that. In Japanese class. Um, but so, but so, you, so you didn't come out in high school, or you? No, I came out after high school. Really? Yeah. So, did you have any sexual experiences with women in high school at all? Or no. You completely shut it off. No, I had boyfriends. You had boyfriends. I had it's like Kath. couple boyfriends. Kath, yeah. honestly, sometimes I see photos. Of Kath oh my god, she showed ex- me some of the photos. No, it makes they me, me some of the photos. It makes me <laughs> literally like. I have a panic attack from laughing so hard because they look so straight <laughs> no, and they're wearing platform heels. And like, I couldn't like, recognize no. them. I literally was like, wait, no. what? It's the funniest. I feel like we should get Kath Ebbs to uh, upload a photo uh, to show everyone what yes. the fuck it was like. But so when you were in those relationships with men, did you, did any part of your hetero delulu-ness uh, seep through? Like, did you genuinely have feelings for these people? I don't know. How, how deep in were you? Because I know mm. Kath kind of looking back was like, oh, that was just like playing a role almost. Yeah. Sorry to bring Kath Ebbs up so much and speak no. for them, but you know, I'm the best friend. They can fucking suck it. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like definitely like I had a few little teenage boyfriends. Mm. Um, I remember the first one like – it was so best mate vibes. Like I remember showing him, I was trying to teach myself how to break dance on YouTube. Of course. And then yeah. um, he said, what you been up to? And I've been like, I'm trying to learn how to break dance. Showed him and then like we went to Maya and then he asked me out in Maya. Wow, um, that's Australian dream. <laughs> that is the Australian dream. <laughs> I said, which section was it? Um, <laughs> it was in like the male like, like, like nice like, Polo, like Ralph Lauren, oh, right. yeah, okay. like all the like nice yeah. male clothes. Politics. Yeah. 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 That's that sexy. stuff. Yeah. Like the sexy okay, vibes in my Okay. And you were like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I was like 100% in. No, I was confused by it. I mm. was like, oh. And then I got in, my mum picked me up from Chadston and I was like, mum, I've got a boyfriend. And she was like, huh? Mm. And I was like, Yeah. I'm kind of shocked too. Um, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, yeah, second boyfriend definitely had like love feelings for him for sure mm-hmm. and like me and him just got along so well. Like it was like best friend vibes to the core but like had like a real love there yeah. for sure. But then again, like when I think back on it, I remember like the sex stuff was not for me. Yeah. Mm, just not wouldn't. for you as in like. Like, or you just like weren't really into it. Wasn't into it. Yeah. Not my thing, you know? Were you fan? Because I have a theory. Well, not a theory. Mm, is it a theory? I need to do the lesbian um, master doc. Mm-hmm. You've heard of this. <laughs> no, I actually haven't. I guess because you know you're a lesbian. So maybe you aren't in the questioning era. So like. Okay. Um, on TikTok and I, it exists on, I think it's a Google doc and it's like a lesbian master to figure out if you are. Have you done it? Co- uh, No. Too fearful that my life has been a lie. Um, <laughs> not fearful that I'm gay, but I'm pretty sure. Like I was thinking about, because I, I said in the podcast that to calm my off, I have to think about women. If I'm having sex with a man, I have to think about them fucking another woman. And I think about the woman coming or your face going. Wow. And then like, um, I do, <laughs> and I also like, I almost vomit. I can vomit at the thought of calm. That's why I went, you, is it like, Bleh? You know, yeah. oh, that's yeah. what it's oh, like. Yeah, a little bit same, um, yeah. They just make me feel like sick and I feel like they're revolting. But you know what? Maybe I'm just, how do I start this fucking conversation? You should do the lesbian doc. I should, oh, wait, lesbian master doc. So it's like about being comp hetero, compulsory hetero, heterosexual. Where yeah, like, compulsory where, heterosexuality. Where like the patriarchy has made you think that you want validation from men. Oh my God, that so is like so you, mean. So you exercise, you exist in these spaces and you date men and what you're getting a thrill from or like a horniness from is actually from the validation from men and oh. feeling accepted rather than actual horniness towards oh. men. Well, there you go. Anyway, gee, so moving on. Um, so <laughs> me, me just been like, um, tell me, Oracle, am I, am I gay? But my question is to myself, like, am I lying about being bi to myself? 
to because of all my internalized homophobia and am I actually a lesbian or am I being internalized homophobic by saying that I'm bi, therefore I'm lesbian? A lot of thoughts in the brain. <laughs> There's a lot of thoughts yeah. going down. I was off Dexies for a little while, so a lot yeah. happened in that time. Um, <laughs> but, so, but so then when you came out, as how did you, what made you decide you're like, this is the time? Because when I came out to my mum as bi, it was because I was in love with my best friend mm. and we'd had little, um, I'd fingered her in a bar. And I was like, well, better tell mother. So was there a defining <laughs> moment or were you just like <laughs> the bar that we worked in? And or were, you, or were you just like, yeah, vibes vibes are here? I think it was just like after high school and after my straight relationship ended, I was also going to uni and like people were queer at uni. What did you do at uni? I studied music. Okay, Bachelor of Music majored in drums. It's a thing. Majored in drums? You can major in drums. That's a hot. Yeah, wild. Wow. But, yeah, then I felt like I was in more safe spaces to just, like, come out and then mm. I fell quickly in love with a girl mm. when I was on the road on tour. Wow, rock star. And then mm-hmm. I kept it a low-key secret for, a, like, a, quite a few months mm-hmm. and then she was in another country and I toured there and then I came back to Australia and then I was like, holy shit, I'm in love with this girl. And then I went and toured there again in my head manifested us getting together so much until I saw her again. And then we saw each other and then we just got together. And then we dated for like three years. Wow. And my whole first album is about her. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So that was my first queer relationship. And it was so like, I feel like first girlfriends, there's so much... Yes, yeah, it's emotional, and there's so much feelings, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is like nothing else, and this is crazy." Must so be nice, must be nice. No, you didn't have to say it similar. <laughs> no, no. I, well, I was in love, so I was like in love with my best friend, with the one you fingered in the bar. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we lived together. We were like best friends that lived together, yeah. and then one night we had sex, and then I got really internalized based on homophobia, and was like, "Ah!" And I got a boyfriend the next week to try and cut it off in my brain. Oh. Uh, so I've never had a relationship with anyone but men. men. I've had friends that I've had crushes on that I've slept with them, but I've never been yeah. like in with the in with a woman. Yeah. And I've heard it's magical the first time. Yeah. Well, yeah. for me, well, I had a crush on this person and was thinking about them every day, all day. Like I would listen to Usher's Confession album and think about her in the front seat and just be like singing yes. to my baby girl. Um, so obsessed. And then like finally when I flew over there for tour, then we hung out and then we got together and then we dated for ages and then COVID kind of broke up, broke us up and, you know. But the first album was about that relationship. So many feelings, I feel like, in queer relationships. Well, for me. But I think I'm just so f- fucking emotional. I cry a lot. Eight times a day. Yeah. Eight times a day crying. I haven't <laughs> yeah. cried actually. T- I, no, I haven't cried today. Okay, well, no. fingers crossed. Still heaps of time. Yeah. Lots of time, baby. It's only 2.46pm. <laughs> so then that relationship ended. And, and, and I was dating. And then you were dating. Dating. Actually, how how was the because at that point you were touring and you were G flip like successful musician, right? No, I me and this girl we dated for a little bit and then we broke up. I went on a big tour and then we got back together. Mm-hmm. So there was a little break in between. Okay, and then you broke up again at the end. Au revoir. Actually, no, we we dated for a bit. I went on tour for another band playing drums. Mm-hmm. Then became a solo artist, wrote this whole album about her in my bedroom. Right. And then when I saw her the next time, she came over and I said, I wrote you an album and then I played her the album. (gasps) Oh, my God. That's my dream. Yeah. What oh, I just remembered fuck? that. I haven't thought about that in a while. Yeah, I played her the songs. We sat in my bedroom. We both cried to each other and making out and then crying and making out and crying. And then she, then we got back together. So why'd you break it? up? In the end? Yeah. COVID and like, you know, it's it just done its time. Yeah, it was too it, much. It did its time. I only dated, I only dated a few people. I haven't dated that many. Like mm. I've had flings with mm-hmm. people, but that was more before like my project got Huge, quite big. Right. And then I've only had a handful of like relationships where one of them I was a flight attendant I met on a flight and then the other one was a childhood crush that I had when I was a teenager and then next one was Chriselle. The fuck what the fuck is your life? It's like a Netflix series. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Rockstar, meeting people, fuck what the fuck? How are you meeting flight attendants? See, I need to I hear people more. Yeah, but 
How do you hit on people? Wait, do you hit on people or do you like being mm, hit on? I like being hit on. I'm such a sub. I like oh. refuse to make any decisions or do anything. I like hitting on people. Yeah. Mm. I'm not scared of it. I don't think it's scary. Well, because if you get, if you get rejected on, or like, it's like, you know, wasn't that person wasn't for me. That's true, actually. And then you just go, like, if you see, if I saw someone that was really beautiful, mm. I would, like, my type of personality would be like, I've got to go say hi to them because imagine if it's. If that's the, the one. Yeah. And then I, what do you say? I'll walk up and be like, you're really beautiful. I don't know. Just wholesome shit. Just straight to the point. Okay. Mm. That's Noted. what you should do. Noted. You're really beautiful. <laughs> I think you're really beautiful. I, I, Can I buy you a drink? Yeah, but you've got like this cool thing yeah. about you. I, 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 I fucking, I don't know. So then, then your, uh, you were talking about your um, gender dysphoria before. Mm-hmm. So then, was that was that all occurring throughout your like early twenties and when this was all happening? Or did it come and go? Or? It wasn't. I feel like I've had gender dysphoria my whole entire life and mm-hmm. not understood my gender. And yep. especially thinking about when I was a kid, I used to look in the mirror and look myself like really close in the mirror and be like, what are you? Mm. Like, you are a boy, but you are a girl. But wow. you're like, you're a girl, but you have boy brain in you because you're mm. half a boy. Like I mm-hmm. think that as a kid. And then when I started learning and being educated and educating myself on what it is to be non-binary, mm. then I was like, holy shit. How did that start? Was there someone in the media that you saw or did you meet someone personally? Multiple people in the media were Mm. starting to come out non-binary and like, you know, it'd be friendship groups that would all talk about it and be like, I don't get this non-binary thing. And then... Neither. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I started using myself as a... As an example, I started using myself yeah, as an example. Right. I was dating someone who'd worked in those spaces mm. and knew a lot of non-binary people at the time. And I was, I had a phone case that said she, they on it. I was, mm-hmm. and they kind of asked, the, she asked me about it. And she was like, what pronouns do you want to mm. use? We talked about gender and everything. And then it really confirmed to me like, oh yeah, I'm like so non-binary. Mm. And she really helped me through my gender discovery. Yeah, and then I started using they, them pronouns with my smaller circles and then when I felt ready to tell the world, then I put something on Instagram. Were you scared to tell the world or were you excited? I was scared because I felt like I was going to have to then be a voice for the non-binary community and I wanted to make sure I was ready for that because Mm. then I knew that I'm going to be have to talk about it a lot. People mm-hmm. are going to ask me questions. People are going to look to me for answers. Mm-hmm. And I knew at that stage in my career then I was going to be like a figure in the Australian media that's yeah. non-binary and might have to talk about it. And mm-hmm. so I really wanted to be worded up. So I like tried to read so many things and learn oh. the language and like <laughs> like prep myself because I didn't yeah. want to fuck the up thing. the wording or say the wrong yeah. thing. Which, you know, there's no one's an expert on being non-binary. There's no one that's like And everyone's the experience is different, right? Yeah. Like uh, calling yourself a lesbian is, uh, there's not debate about it, but people have different experiences when they come out as non-binary yeah. if they want to still be calling themselves a lesbian or not or if yeah. people on TikTok have fights about it. Yeah. I'm like, I just think if you feel like you're... I just don't know what else to call myself. What else would you call yourself? And like my, so sex and gender are different. My sex is still female and Mm. the people that I like, their sex Mm. is female as well. Mm. So then I'm like, that's how I justify being a lesbian. But like, look, everyone is whatever they want to be. Yeah. Just words in the end. Just words. Us trying to put meanings into like just words. But I'm actually interested to know, have you faced any like, I'm not going to say backlash, but have you faced any kind of heat since yeah. you've come? Oh, you oh, have? yeah. Wow. wow. A nice dosage, yeah. Oh, shit. Especially dating Chriselle, I think then that really sparked it because it wasn't just a girl that, well, in the, what people saw, a girl dating yeah. Chriselle. It was someone that identified as non-binary and that really, that was just too much for people I think as in well, middle America. Yeah, well, this is the thing. The audience of Selling Sunset yeah. is... Like yeah, people in Middle America, people in yeah. Nebraska, like watching oh, Selling wow. Sunset, or but all and also like it's such a commercial show, you know. Yeah. Like everyone watches Selling Sunset from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And you grew up in Melbourne, and I feel like I don't know. I don't know if I'm wrong with this, but I I think that musicians and maybe your audience would have been much more accepting had mm. it not crossed over into the world of a Netflix audience of one of the biggest shows in the world. 
and I feel a lot of the conversation around that Chriselle did such an amazing job speaking. How good is about she? You. She's fucking beautiful. She is. She's so awesome. Yeah, oh, she like she did an amazing job in all the interviews, but she had to field mm. a lot of fucking ignorant, ridiculous questions, and she just had a beautiful smile and go, "Well, she's almost like a pageant <laughs> queen." Um, <laughs> she's a legend. She took a lot and like spoke yeah. on behalf of me and non-binary people to try help educate you know, an audience that is so not familiar with it. And that yeah. was never her role or her job dating me. She just wanted to do that, which, yeah, yeah. she's a rock star. She's great. Did you – she's beautiful. I love you guys. so cute. She's very beautiful. <laughs> that is so cute. But did you – how did you feel about – because I, I, I imagine – I know people who are non-binary and queer and part of different marginalised communities. When there are conversations about someone's identity of any kind mm-hmm. – you feel impacted by it because you feel like people are debating your existence. Mm-hmm. But with you, it was literally you. Like it wasn't just an idea of a non-binary person. It was there was conversations around you being non-binary mm. that was dragged into mainstream American media yeah. even. Mm. So how was that experience for you? I think me and Chriselle, because I wasn't meant to go on the show. Mm. and Why? Because you didn't want to? I didn't want to. No. It wasn't reality TV and that kind of, it yeah, just wasn't so really. trash. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's <laughs> gross. <laughs> I have like a real talent and stuff. I can drum. No, all those shows are great though. It's fun to watch, but I didn't want to be a part of it. Like I love Selling Sunset. God, it's fun to watch. So good. But I just felt like oh, it's going to be weird for me to go on like, it didn't feel authentic to me and, like, I don't, like, deal with drama. I don't, like, mm. I've, like, never really had any fights in my life with a friend or, mm. like, family. Like, I just, like, if people are really, like, confrontational, I normally then people that I don't really like in my life. Mm. So it was just going to be weird and I felt kind of uncomfortable and I was, like, you know, me and Chriselle had kind of just started dating and then the producers were trying to get me on this show Mm. and I was just kind of like, this is too much. I feel way over my head. Mm. But then when we spoke about, you know, representation in the media and queer relationships and healthy queer relationships in the Mm. media and non-binary presence in the media, then me and Chriselle had a chat and then we, you know, spoke about maybe if I come on, we just have scenes of us together, not me going to a dramatic dinner, dinner. where someone... Some cocktail party is themed. Yeah, yeah. It gets hectic at me. So so then, yeah, I just did a couple episodes, which was just you to see me and Chriselle hang out. We filmed more episodes, but we were obviously too boring because we <laughs> got along too well and we didn't fight. So I'm like, fuck, um, here they are being in love again. Fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> Yeah. Do you kind of feel like that's really brave of you to be mm. kind of the sacrificial lamb almost? Oh, yeah. Because I think I can't think of another time where someone gender diverse has been on such a mainstream show. Like Drag Race is a mainstream show, but it's it's born of queerness. Like yeah. this is a very hetero oh, show. Yeah. Did you feel like... I knew um, the backlash was coming. Yeah. Like I, me, me and Chriselle knew that going in. We knew that we were going to get heaps of hate and I knew people were going to, like, misgender me Make and, you know, tell me I'm a woman and, like, yeah. and they do. They get in my DMs. They send me, That's so you shit. know, comments and stuff being like, you're a woman. Why and do they, you think they're so adamant about it? Like, why do they're um, so angry? No one's – I feel like people aren't educated that there's a difference between sex and gender. Mm-hmm. They just think – you have a pussy, you're a woman. Like <laughs> it is like, I don't know. But then if you break it down and you educate someone, it's easier. Or if you're even friends with someone that's non-binary, it makes it easier to understand. Like my parents took a while to get their head around it. Mm. They're only starting to get my pronouns right now and they understand. But at the start they like were like, what? We don't get it. You How know? do you go about educating people in, say, like a dinner party that don't know you? Mm. How do you go about navigating that environment if people are continually, even accidentally, misgendering mm. you? Like do you correct them or do yeah. you rely on those around you or how do you approach it? It actually hasn't really, hasn't really happened in a while. Or I good. can't really remember. 
I feel like at the start when I first came out, it was really explaining difference between sex and gender mm-hmm. and s- spectrum and gender fluidity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this thing that when I came out, I really liked, which is called the gender unicorn, which you can Google. And it's this oh. little gender unicorn. And then it goes through like on a like little scale, like how much do you feel like female, oh. male, other, how much do you, and it like explains it well. Link in the show notes. Yeah, link in the show notes. So I just try my best to educate, mm. but it's, you know, some people have such a fucking wall up that they're yeah. like, no, you yeah. know, but. Yeah. And you can tell the difference between people actually fucking up and trying and yeah. actively trying to. Yeah. Like people that are like, oh, fuck, sorry, fuck. Mm. Um, I still fuck it up. Like I got yeah. Kath's pronouns wrong just before, but you just you just correct like, yourself, correct yourself, and you move and on. And you're aware, yes, like of course. And then it's yeah, it's and people always stuff up my pronouns, but they correct themselves and they move on. And then you know by the tenth time, then they get it right, and then it's easy. And now my friends and family who get my pronouns wrong, it's like oh my. I just yeah. called you a girl. Yeah, what and the it's like, what? Fuck. Yeah, and they're like, that's that was wrong. That felt so yeah. wrong. Whoa, I can't believe I just called you a she. That was weird. That was strange. That's, that's so amazing to have that support system around you. I mean, yeah. it's how it should be. Have you noticed a difference in the way Australians and Americans have reacted to your relationship or even to your music? I want to talk about, you know, music in LA versus in Australia. Like, I feel like in... The States, a a lot of queer audience. Mm. I feel like I went over there and released a song called Gay For Me. Yes. And that kind of went well on like queer TikTok. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm still learning what my audience is over there. Mm. Um, Like I haven't really done a headline tour yet over there to, to know what my audience is like. I've only done like random little shows. Yeah, right. So my tour is in a few weeks there and then I'll really be like, oh. But I played, played some Pride shows and obviously all the, well, every song of mine's really fucking queer to be honest. Really that is queer. very true. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Queer icon. See? <laughs> See? Queer icon playing on the Pride shows. Um, but have you noticed in, in interpersonal relationships even that people have different reactions? Because I think we, we think of Australia as quite, we're, I'm an, I know I'm in a bubble in Australia where, mm-hmm. like, it's quite progressive, but actually we're a very conservative country. Mm. Have you noticed any difference or is it the same shit everywhere? Well, I'm living in L.A. at the moment mm. where it's, like, a lot of diversity and, like, True. queer people are celebrated and, like, there's a lot of queer people in the media. Mm. Um, I've never really thought about it. I feel like it's pretty similar because then, you know, I open up my DMs and then I've got Kevin, mate, just telling me that I'm a woman and I should marry a man, you know, so... So fucking weird. Yeah, Why are they so fucking obsessed with it? It's bizarre. People are really intense. And people, the fights that they have. And in your comments? Yeah, the fights yeah, in the fighting comments. each other and you're like, all right. Like, <laughs> people will be fighting wildly. There was a recent uh, like TikTok video I posted and I'm not even like in it. I'm just reacting to these two kids getting my pronouns right. They're talking about me in the back of the car Phew. and the mum's recording. And the um, Levi, the little guys, like, they're a drummer. It's not she. It's like they're a drummer. They're a really good drummer. It's really cute. But the comments on that is like wild, like threads of like plus 40 messages of people fighting. It's wild. TikTok is kind of the worst place on earth. There are the meanest people in the world there, but also (laughs) some of the nicest. But when it goes into the wrong side of TikTok, it is... Yeah. Absolute fucking hell. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, how do you, how are you navigating or how, because you were talking about before, your conversation with Chriselle about mm-hmm. going on Selling Sunset. Yeah. How did, because she was straight before you, right? She was. And she believed herself to be straight. Yes. Okay. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> and good on you, G. <laughs> um <laughs> How are those conversations uh, that you guys had from when you met to then, you know, how serious is this and then how are you going to approach it publicly? Because I think you've done a really beautiful job mm. at showing people the loveliness of your relationship yeah, without letting go of too much privacy, I think. Yeah. No, yeah, we, we do share us a fair bit. Mm. Obviously there's times we keep shit private. Mm. We weren't meant to fall in love, basically. Mm. Like, she was going to go on a show 
that was like the bat, like the Bachelor, but a, a different version. Yes, where she, where she was gonna a bunch of men were gonna come in, mm. and she was gonna like. I don't know, give them, I don't know, probably not so, a rose. She, yeah. They always give her keys in all the media, like for the selling sunset. She's probably like Shelly's holding keys. Yeah, probably giving the boys a key or something. Um, <laughs> but she was going to go on a show and and we were like low-key dating it very casually mm-hmm. and she was in talks about this show. Mm-hmm. She showed me like all the photos and what the plan is and I was like, oh, my God, supportive. Like, yeah. hell's yeah. And then... <laughs> We kept dating and stuff and then we had talks about this show she was going on, like being not just all men, like gender diverse. And then we, me and her and I'd talk and be like, that's so great for the community. Like mm. that's so amazing. And then. Had she asked for that? We, no, she she came to me to talk about that. She was like, what do you think if maybe like I went on this show and the show wasn't just men? Because oh. we were now sleeping together and like we were dating low key. And she was realising that maybe she wasn't completely yeah. straight. Yeah. Right, okay. And then we had lots of talks about her sexuality, just privately me and her. Yeah. And But we were just like very casually dating. And I wasn't looking for anything serious at the time. She was trying to find a man to have babies with. But we kept hanging out and we kept falling in love with each other over a period of time and it just didn't stop. And we just liked each other too much and we just got along too well and we never wanted to stop hanging out. And then I was falling in love with her and she was falling in love with me, but she was going to go on this show and then I was like, I'm not a man who's going to give her sperm and give like, you know... Be able to <laughs> like impregnate you and stuff. Yeah, there was just it's a whole dilemma that we were in. Did you hold back from telling her your feelings at all because of she was going on the show and you wanted to be like a supportive? Like yes. you didn't want to like ruin the yes that element. Hundred percent. When did you decide to? Or did she? How did that? No. Go so away? then we kind of like I was like holding my feelings in, and all my friends and family knew that like I was in love with her, and I was like what the hell, like, but she's going on this show and she's, like, committed to it and it was really hectic. But she was totally in love with me and then she was, like, like stressed about going on this show because she was in love with me and didn't want to lose me and then she was like, are you going to watch the show? And I was like, I definitely will not be watching the show. (laughs) (laughs) But see, at the start, like, months before, I was like, of course, like, I'm so supportive. I'm your little, oh my God, it's so exciting. And I'm like, I can't fucking stand Yeah, I was like, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. And then Chriselle didn't know how much that I liked her because mm. I was playing it a bit cool and trying to protect myself, but all my friends and family knew. Right. And then there was this moment that, <laughs> this is really funny, we just went to Movie World, me and Chriselle. Wow. With my sister. Another Australian dream, I honestly. <laughs> What could you want? I had a churro in the back. Oh, me and Cushel are sitting in the back seat. My sister's driving, and then Cushel just turns to me and goes, "Do you want me to go on this show?" And I was like, "Do you want my real answer?" And she was like, "Yes." And I was like, "I so do not want you to go on this show because I love you so much, but I want to make you happy and like I want you to do whatever you want to do, and I know that you're trying to find." someone that you want kids with right now and I feel like, uh, you know, I'm in the spot, right? And this was like last year at some point. Mm. And then I just didn't feel like I was someone that she'd want to settle down with but then. Only because of the sperm? Well, yeah, in my head, like she really wanted, like the show was meant to find a man to have kids with. And like. In my head, I was like, she's going to find that man and then straight away they're going to... Impregnate. Impregnate. Yeah, yeah. Straight away. Yeah, first night. First yeah. night. There's a, a whole group date. Yeah, like <laughs> full on. And I was like... Insemination. You know, yeah. with a queer relationship, it doesn't happen so fast. It needs planning. There's and... a lot of planning and there's a lot more time mm-hmm. and then you've got to work out, is it adoption, which takes a long time. Mm-hmm. If you use a surrogate, it takes a long time, mm-hmm. especially if you want to use your own embryo and mm-hmm. then find a donor, then you've got to find a donor. Yeah. Like everything in a queer relationship takes a lot more time. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, you know, I know how much, and everyone knows Chriselle like wanted kids pretty mm. soon. And I was like, you know, coming from a queer side of it, it's like there's a lot more planning and there's time. There's a lot more like hurdles. 
There's almost. a lot more hurdles. It's like you've got to really, really be into it. You can't just accidentally do it. Yeah. You have to really plan it out. You've got to pay a lot of fucking money. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, and which is fine because. And then, you know. We've seen the commissions on selling stuff. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's a really. Yeah. So then I felt like I wasn't the right fit for her, for her to stop going on this show because I felt like in my head, I just, in my head, I was like, yeah, she's going to find this man on this show and then they're going to have babies and I'm going to have to watch it and it's going to suck um, and I'm going to be brokenhearted and it's going to suck. But anyway. But you loved her so you wanted her to be happy. I wanted her to be happy. That's oh, so annoying, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> it was in the back seat after we left Movie World that then she was like, I'm not going on the fucking show. And then I was like, wait, really? She's like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't pretend. Like, how am I going to go on the show no. and be in love with you and then, like, trying to fall in love with someone else? Like, how the fuck? Yeah. We were like, are we really, are we doing this? And then we were doing this and then it happened to be, like, my dad's 60th, like, the next day oh and then God. told the family. Was and then, on the shoulders of the 60th? <laughs> was it on the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we normally do do family um, crowd surfing. That's, like, Okay, common. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But um, when I told my dad and my sister, they both cried that oh. Chriselle wasn't going on the show oh, and that sure. we were going to be together. Yeah. Anyway. And then you were together and it was all in. Yeah. Um, are there any plans to have kids? Yeah, 100%. Can I ask what you think, which path you would like to take the most? Obviously it's hard with logistics. Yeah, we're like, we're open to like all the things. Like mm. we're so open to adoption, mm. open to surrogacy, open to, um, I think with Chrishell a big stress for her was she was getting older, so for her to like bear the child mm. and in her previous straight relationships the man wanted her to, to be the bearer of the child. Mm-hmm. But see, with a queer relationship, there's so many options. You don't necessarily have to be the bearer of the kids. Mm-hmm. So um, we've been talking about adoption, surrogacy, mm-hmm. also then, you know, having to get a donor involved and everything. But we've had chats yeah. about it. Would you and choose a donor from like a random, not from a random, <laughs> off the street? Just, no, would you choose it from a um, donation centre or would you have someone that you know? I think me and Chriselle want to do someone that we know because she told me that she's looked into that and mm. it's been a bit scary. Well, there was that documentary on Netflix oh, um, God. about that man who gave his sperm. Um, that like doctor, 100 women or something. A hun- there's like yeah. a hun- in the same town, all of them were, all of them were, <laughs> were fucking siblings. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's really awful. <laughs> but it was really fucked. You should watch it with Chriselle. And confirm she's fears. probably watched it. That's she's why probably she's where she got it from. Yeah, <laughs> she's probably seen it. Yeah, yeah. but Queen of Netflix. But yeah, <laughs> I think like me and Chriselle having little nuggets will be cute as so Aww. fucking cute. And she'd be such a good mum. She. How old is she? She just turned forty-two, but she l- looks like thirty. Mm. Mm. She's. Fucked. Yeah, mm. but she her whole <laughs> soul and her whole energy and. Like, everything about her, like, mm. age is just a fucking number anyway, but, like, she seems, she's, like, got such a young spirit. Yeah. She's, like, like. I thought she was, like, 33 or something. In my head I was, like, why is the rush? I thought she was, like, early 30s. She looks, she looks early. She looks, like, she looks younger than me. Has she? I'm sure she has. What things have been different for her in a queer relationship compared to her previous straight ones? She definitely feels more empowered being in a relationship with me. Mm. And I think. If it wasn't me, if it was another queer relationship, I think she'd say the same. Mm. Yeah. I feel like just relationships in Hollywood are a little bit like you have to look a certain way Mm. and, you know, be super fit all the time and look the hottest and like, Mm. you know, but I'm like, babe, you look hot in an old kiss T-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) you look so hot without your makeup, babe. Like you out of the shower with your wet hair is like the hottest thing ever. So... Yeah, just that empowerment of not feeling like you have to be or look a certain way. Like mm. I'm like I'm in love with you for the person and like your crazy cool soul and your vibe is yeah. like the thing. Like you don't have to, you know. Mm. Has it yeah. been for you being with someone that was straight up until being with you? Mm-hmm. Has it happened before? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Is it is it difficult for you to have like a baby gay? Not difficult. Is it different? Is it a different uh, experience or? Um, nah. That's empowering nah, for me. I feel like. You've empowered me now, G. I don't know. Yeah. If you get along with someone and you just connect mm. and there's just a vibe, you're so enthralled with that chemistry mm-hmm. that you kind of forget 
you know, that being queer is what you know mm. people say is different. Or like, out, yeah, like yeah. out of the norm. Out yeah. of the norm. Like you're so enthralled with the person mm. and all, it's all you can think about, it's all you want to hang out with mm. that you forget. It's like the whole world kind of stops and you and that person is hanging. That's so beautiful. Can I ask actually, and you might not want to answer that, but have you been in a place where you felt a bit insecure that she would be, you know, that there's something missing almost because she's straight in your head at the beginning and that, you know, she just want to go back to dick kind of thing. Like there, that is a theme that happens sometimes in some queer relationship where the one of the people is kind of like, do you have that feeling? No, no, no I, I, don't, I don't. I don't actually. Um, do you have a feeling? That my 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 like partner right now. She did actually. I was the first like really? woman she's ever been with. Yeah, but at the very beginning, that was my insecurity. And then as we deepened our relationship, like that's five years ago. I'm like all good. But have you ever had that? And it's okay totally if you don't want to answer that. I can take oh, that. Oh, no, I, I don't feel that anxiety. Okay. No. That was the hottest thing Jacob should have said. <laughs> this? <laughs> I don't have that anxiety. <laughs> oh, I don't have that anxiety. I can make I her come 1,500 times what? better than a man. <laughs> Queer sex is you. You come a lot. Like, yeah, right? Like, yeah, you yeah, come yeah, a yeah. lot. And it's also yeah. they don't do enough in the bedroom and anything that you do ends up being like, oh, my God, and it's like the bar is so low. Yeah, you have just, you noticed that the bar is low? Like, has, has, she, has she been like, wow, I came more than once or like, yeah. it's she so said it in, She said it in an interview. She was like, I never knew that you could come more than twice in a session or something. She said in an interview. Oh, <laughs> it's so, it's I really, know. It's it's really like, not good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad she's finally found you. That's fucking amazing. Um, let's talk about the new album, yes. Drama. It's it's now out. Tell us about it. Give us a little rundown. It's called Drama, mm-hmm. and my first instrument was drums. I started playing drums when I was nine years old, and I only started singing when I was like 20, 21 years old. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? I never sang in front of anyone. I was too shy. Oh, my God. Shy. <laughs> oh, my God. Shy queer icon. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I always play drums. Drums is my favourite instrument in the world. It's, like, my number one. I had an amazing drum teacher who changed my life when I was in year seven. And I, you know how I talked about when I was a kid, I didn't mm-hmm. have anyone to look up to. Mm-hmm. I met Jenny when I was started high school and she taught me drums. I just wanted to be exactly like her and dress like her and act like her. And she played drums in a band and she did backing vocals. So I wanted to be exactly like her. And me and her would always talk about how one day there'll be a pop star whose main instrument is drums because there never really has been. There's been Phil Collins and Anderson Pack kind of does it, but like... Well, because no one can sing and drum at the same time, gee, this is the thing. <laughs> so it's fucking impossible. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's kind of possible. Karen yeah, because you can do it. Karen yeah. Carpenter. Fucking amazing. Awesome chick. Yeah. There's been a few, but like as a, like a solo pop artist, mm. like because I used to watch like the Pussycat Dolls and Christina Aguilera and like, mm. you know, they were never, like I just dreamt of there being like, you know, a Travis Barker slash Gwen Stefani hybrid yeah. kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And me and my drum teacher would always talk about that. And I just kept learning drums and then I wanted to follow in my teacher's footsteps and then go study drums and then played in heaps of bands all over Melbourne and then my teacher actually passed away and then it was really heartbreaking to me and then I think about like all the things she taught me because she taught me everything that I was doing like I was studying what she was studying and I was playing in all the bands and playing in orchestras and then you know I was like what's next and then the next thing we'd always talk about was that solo pop artist that was a drummer Mm. and then I went on this like thing that I was going to be the solo pop artist drummer and then made that happen and then when it came to my music and making this album I really thought about that I was like drums is my main instrument how funny is it that I go into studios in LA and here and no one has a drum kit. Everyone mm. makes fake drums on like. Mm. Yeah. Like, no, there's no, re- people don't mm. use real kits because you got to like set up like 16 microphones and then yeah, you got to like, it's a lot more work and everyone yeah. wants to get shit done quick. Mm. So I was like, fuck no, I want to make a, like a pop rock record mm. that's from the drums up. So a lot of the songs I sat on the drums and then I just started like singing and seeing wow. what I came up with mm. or I wrote down all my favorite drum grooves that Jenny taught me growing up and that I used to love and like had influence from other drummers 
and I made like a pop rock re- record that's like from drums, the drums first. So yeah. Fucking incredible. Are there lots of Chriselle yeah. songs on there? Chriselle has about three. Wow, not a whole album yet. No, wow. no. <laughs> Watch out, Chriselle. All Chriselle's favourite uh, songs are all my songs about past relationships, actually. Oh, really? Isn't yeah. that interesting? She loves them. She's like, I know this isn't about me, but I love it. Oh, like, I imagine that it is. AirPods <laughs> in. She's like, I fucking love it. I know one of your songs, um, what fuck, is it Worst Person Alive? Yeah, The Worst Person Alive. Worst Person Alive. That just fucking hurt. That's a fucking wonderful song. That's an album. Yeah. Right? That's a fucking sick song. Sick Thank chorus. You. So you're so you're still you're still like having like flashbacks to previous relationships yeah. throughout the album. This whole because my last record was released in 2019, mm-hmm. so I haven't released anything. So I had a lot of you songs. Little like solos and like singles and singles. Shows. Just yeah, heaps like you of and I. random singles. Yeah. So this album has some songs and some lyrics that I wrote from. The last few years, like back to COVID times that then I've resurrected and then reproduced and added different drums to what the song was. So there's like full breakup songs in there from years ago. Yeah. Um, Did that bring up emotions for you at all or you're like? Um, When I perform them, I feel like I feel emotions more. Yeah. I haven't really performed them yet because I haven't released the album and I haven't gone on tour yet. So So we'll see. Chiefly, yes. Thank you so much for no. coming on. No, thanks for Here having me. On. Um, where can everyone find you? Your shit. What do you want everyone to go to? <laughs> What's going on? Do um, your plugs. Uh, so you can find me on G Flip on Instagram, G Flip Music on TikTok. Go buy my album, Drummer. Mm. Or if you kind of like music and just want to give another like a different artist a go, you can just have a listen. <laughs> I'd listen to the Worst Person Alive. Mm-hmm. to start off with, and anyone who's ever supported me, thank you so much. And thank you for letting me on here and talking to me. I really appreciate it. So good to see you. So good to see you too, Abby. Oh, you're really beautiful. How do I do it? <laughs> so, you're really beautiful. Can you're I really, grab you a drink? You're really beautiful. Can I? <laughs> Just do it. Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Listener Production.